Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, November 12th, 2021. I'm one of your blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is my PS I Love You XOXO co-host, Game Onesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good? Not much. Just starting off this morning with a little groove, a little, a little jam playing there. How you doing, Janet? I'm pretty good, you know, excited to talk about the news. It's Friday, so, you know, nothing but good stuff. It's Friday, nothing but good stuff. Good stuff like GTA Trilogy being pulled from PC, which isn't a good thing, actually. We're going to dive into that. We're also going to dive into some Halo Infinite rumors and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you our disney plus day reactions are up on youtube that is tim uh joey kevin andy and nick reacting to all of the disney plus day announcements including she hulk moon knight and more and i should correct myself all the marvel studios disney plus day announcements they didn't react to the biggest announcement of the day which was the return of the proud family and the trailer dropping and god janet did you watch, did you watch Jan- uh, uh proud family back in the day yeah i watched proud family it was pretty good did you see the did you see the new trailer for the new proud family no is it like a like a reboot like are they what are they doing with that it's a re it's a reboot but it's the same characters the same same family i think they're adding some new characters because i saw some new castings for like tiffany haddish is in there along with some some folks little nasa x is in there they have a, they have a whole <laughs> a whole slew of cameos and guests and and and, and actors but it looks slightly better it is like reanimated or not reanimated it's, it's animated in a new style but it's still but it's, like it's still looks similar great. like it looks really yes. really good for uh what it is right like the, exactly the, it looks like a revamp it, it kind of looks like a, a like when they redo a game but like from the ground up yeah like it looks like a remaster but it is going to be yeah, new remaster. content yeah it is going to be new content though and so i'm really excited about that that's the one thing i saw today that aside from the marvel stuff that i saw and i was like oh let's go i'm definitely gonna watch this there's also the will smith national geographic thing that piqued my interest because i loved will smith but I also I don't necessarily want to watch him doing the National Geographic thing. I don't know. It reminds me of the Jeff Goldblum, the Jeff Goldblum show that dropped in Disney Plus that all of us said we were going to watch, but I don't know anybody that watched it. Fair. Yeah. It. What you just described is like my dad's ultimate show. I think the um, like Will Smith and National Geographic. He loves nature stuff and he loves Will Smith, like yeah. really loves Will Smith. So I think I think he'll be into that at least. Like right now, Kevin is showing the yeah. visuals for the new Proud Family trailer. And again, it looks very similar in style, that. but it just looks really polished. It looks really touched up. I really like how it looks. Uh, but yeah, the Marvel stuff seems very exciting. Of course, shout out to Moon Knight. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for oh She-Hulk. Can't wait for X-Men 97. Uh, a lot of good announcements in there. And of course, we reacted to them. When I say we, I mean the kind of funny like screencast crew, the typical crew, right? Tim, Joey, Kev, Andy, and Nick all reacted to it. That's going up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Pranksy and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Shin Megami Tensei 5, Credit Karma, Raycon, and Arcane. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Janet, we've been talking about it uh, all week that 
this next episode of PS Love You XOXO going up next week is going to be our GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition review where me and you, we're playing through right now. I'm playing a lot of St. Andreas. I played way more yesterday than I even expected to play. I got all the way to San Fierro just yesterday. Uh, I know that you're playing some of that GTA Vice City and Barrett Courtney is, is, is playing some three. And so we're going to have some good conversations about oh, nice. uh, how that GTA, GTA Trilogy is coming along. And our full review is going to be up next week for PS Love You. But... Our story number one is kind of a precursor to it because we have news regarding the PC release of the game specifically. Story number one, GTA Trilogy has been pulled for PC and the Rockstar launcher is broken. I'm pulling from John Walker at Kotaku. And before I even get into it, Janet, have you been keeping up with the impressions of GTA Trilogy thus far? Very vaguely. Like, it's been a weird mix of people being like, this is cool because like it's GTA and then people being like, the fingernails look weird. So that's that's pretty much been my my overview of, of people's vibe with the GTA trilogy. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting this first day of the game being out because reviewers uh, and publications didn't get access to GTA codes until the day of launch. And so we're experiencing it at the same time as everybody else. And it's been this fun thing of s sifting through the like impressions and sifting through a lot of the reactionary stuff and people being like it's the worst thing ever or other people being like it's the best thing ever and trying to figure out like what is this thing exactly and again we're gonna dig into it a lot on monday but i think one of the bigger takeaways is from this new story about the rockstar launcher being broken and how the pc port is just unplayable right now so i'm pulling from john walker at kotaku Something has gone very, very wrong since yesterday's launch of GTA Trilogy on PC. As of last night, all mention of a PC version has been removed from Rockstar's own site, and the Rockstar Games Launcher app has gone completely offline. Anyone who bought the remastered collection before it vanished is currently unable to play. It has been at least 18 hours since the sudden disappearance of the PC's GTA Trilogy, and Kotaku can confirm that the launcher is not working which means all Rockstar PC games, including Red Dead Redemption 2 and GTA Online, are currently impossible to play. For whatever reasons, Rockstar chose to remove all versions of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas from alternative PC stores, including Steam, ahead of this launch, meaning its bespoke software is now the only way to buy and play the games, or indeed the only way to not play it. Rockstar support Twitter has described this as being, quote, temporarily offline for maintenance, saying ser services will be back as soon as this is complete. Except it said this some 18 hours ago, on the big launch day for the remastered versions of the first three 3D Grand Theft Auto games. Astonishingly, the, the account then went silent for 15 hours before early this morning finally acknowledging that the problem hadn't gone away. Quote, we thank you for your patience and understand in understanding as we continue to work on restoring services for Rockstar Games Launcher and supported titles, end quote. The normally chatty support account has been has also stopped replying to anyone's messages since this incident started, no matter the topic. We've contacted Rockstar for more information and will update should they respond. Kotaku has tested more recent GTA and Red Dead titles that remain on Steam, and they too cannot launch, tied in as they are to Rockstar's game launcher. Janet this seems fairly disastrous for Rockstar. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that it's so rough of a launch um, in a couple ways, right? Because there's this PC issue and then obviously there's at least a conversation to be had around the quality of the remasters, whether, you know, what, how much attention to detail there was or wasn't. Um, just people really staring and doing comparison shots of the assets and everything and the kind of... Even the people I think who are enjoying it, which I find myself to be like enjoying the collection just fine, but it does feel like this could have been better than it was. And it just isn't for some reason, um, which isn't like the best vibe, especially when you're such like an established company. I think a lot of people have, you know, a high standard for these games. And then the fact that they're a known quantity, it's I think people are a little bit less forgiving because they're remasters. So it's like, why is this such a, a difficult process for y'all to get out the door? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's one that is heightened just based off of the entire process of what these the release of these trilogies have been. You know, because we got the we got one the rumors starting off the like us getting to know what. Wait, okay, oh, there's a there's a Rockstar uh, GTA trilogy thing happening, right? Those came through through rumors. Kotaku and others were reporting about it. Then we got the announcement, which felt very barren in terms of actual info. I remember talking to you. I think we we are always the GTA crew now on Fridays yeah. whenever this Rockstar news pops up, where we were talking about how okay, cool, we got the announcement, but like, are what do these games look like? Are they remasters? Are they remakes what can we expect are, are, do we have to temper our expectations should we have should we expect the world then we got screenshots and we got a trailer and we got 
a few more tidbits, nothing that was super substantial in terms of letting us know what this thing is. And so many of us, I think, are realizing what this is now that we're actually getting our hands on it. And I don't think that is a that that's not the best way to market your thing, right? That is not a be the best way to inform your audience and bring them into this new thing that you're you're releasing. I think that feeds into a lot of skewed expectations in terms of what this thing should be and what it actually is. And there are a lot of different problems here and there to talk about with the GTA trilogy uh, definitive versions. But when you have all of that and then a big section of your audience just can't play the game, that becomes heightened in a way that like in in a way that becomes a oh this went from a problem to now oh shit like we got a real problem here right this is this is not good and even uh like, i was talking to andy about this because i i you know i helped distribute codes for the uh, kind of funny team and andy was the person that was like hey can you give me a, a pc code and he hit me back and he was like hey i think there's problems with my code like i don't know what's going on here and uh it turned out to be part of this pc thing and to this day he's, uh, to, to this to this moment he's not able to play grand theft auto on pc and that is sucky, right? That is terrible, especially for the version of the game, which should be the version that people should look forward to the most in terms of the, the technical aspects of it, right? This should be the version that is the shining version in terms of how it runs, in terms of if you have the best PC rig, you should be able to get the best out of it. And people being able, people be not being able to actually experience that, I think is a huge bummer. And it's wild. And I think it mainly comes back to the question of why does Rockstar have their own games launcher if it's not going to be good? Um, the fact that the launcher going down also means that GTA Online isn't working for PC. The fact that it means you, can, you also can't get a bunch of other Rockstar games uh, to work on PC right now. That's wild to me. And it makes me wonder why do you have a launcher in the first place if you can't get it to work? Yeah, and like you mentioned already, like it's definitely such an L for the community that is on PC playing, which I think is probably one of the most like dedicated in terms of having a really specific vision on how they want to play these games. Because, you know, if you're getting it on console, obviously not everyone has all the consoles, but usually it's just like, you know, you pick one of the consoles that you want to play it on. There's not really a lot more thought that goes into it. Like mm -hmm. I went with PlayStation because of, you know, our show for PS I Love You. And then also just because I'm like, yeah, the trophies could be fun. Like if I would decide to go for a platinum, but there wasn't any additional reasons um versus the people that i've talked to who wanted this on pc were like i just feel like this game needs to be played on pc like this is how i've always played them and they had like such a vision for it um so yeah that's super unfortunate but this is also why i don't play stuff on pc like i feel like i just hate going through not that consoles like perfect or anything like that but like going through any of like the technological drama that comes with the the highs, like the tech highs of PC are so high, but the lows are also so low. So I'm just like not ever going to be involved in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hopefully they get this fixed. I think it's pretty crazy that it really just took down everything they have too currently. So it's just kind of an awkward moment. And, you know, we'll see how they handle this and what it means for the future. I definitely think it puts a little bit of a damper on any other, you know, remasters or revisitations of titles that they may do. And uh, I also just really hate that they didn't give out getting codes early like i found that to be a very odd choice again i think mm -hmm. people like to put on the conspiracy theory cap of they knew it was going to be bad so they didn't get i don't think that's necessarily true um i think they didn't give early access because they decided they didn't want slash need to uh nor did they need to right like we kind of all know what these games generally are like i don't think they need the additional marketing necessarily but i think it definitely puts like a, a dark cloud over any future stuff they end up doing yeah, I think that's a good thing to point out, because as I've been playing through the trilogy, I've been thinking about this myself and I've been talking to folks like Barrett, you know, Barrett's been like, yo, watching, watching me stream the game and him playing the game himself. He's like, dude, I want them to do the same thing for Bully, right? Or like, what if they did? I'm like, dude, what if they did the same thing for the Warriors game that came out for PS2? What if they did the same thing for Midnight Club? I, I'm, I'm somebody who wants to see more of these types of remasters, because I think ever since Blue, Blue Point, really went far with the um with shadow of the colossus and demon souls i think that's shine that, that that has shined a new light on what a brilliantly done remaster slash remake whatever you want to call this tier of redoing a game is and i think there's something awesome about that i think there's something awesome about going back to los santos and seeing it in a new light because the lighting engine is completely redone right like i think there's something super fantastic about going back to shadow of the colossus and all of a sudden the colossi that I'm facing off against are have a brand new scale to them because they're redone in um, uh, they're they're redone with graphics that speak to hey this is this is a PS4 game now instead of a PS2 game now right like I think 
there's something really cool and fantastic about that. That was the, the thing I love about playing Mass Effect for the first time earlier this year with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. You know, those are inherently the same games. Nothing in terms of gameplay really changed dramatically. But the fact that those visuals were updated to make them, uh, make them into something that I feel like I can appreciate and love in 2021... I think that goes that goes far for a lot of people, and I'm somebody that likes to see that kind of stuff. But there's a lot in terms of th how they're treating this PC version of the game. Yeah, code's not going out early for for, for uh, reviewers. How that um, how that kind of uh, paints the way that their audience views them in terms of oh, did you guys know this is going to be bad? Did you guys think this is going to be bad? Did you guys know this is going to be like mixed? Um, I think that paints a lot of this in a bad light. Uh, and I think it's a bummer because there's a lot of good things to say about the, this remaster. There's also a lot of like things to pick on, um, like character models and shit that aren't entirely the best. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been an interesting launch to say the least. This is not, it, it's kind of a bummer. I think just in terms of how much of this I think could have been avoided just by being a bit more traditional and maybe taking your time with this port a little bit or advertising it better or getting into people's hands. Like there's a lot of things that you could have done that you didn't do. And it's leading to, I think a, quite a bit of disappointment for fans. Janet, let's continue on with the Roper report with story number two, Halo infinite multiplayer. Uh, there is a rumor that says it'll be, it'll launch early for Halo's 20th anniversary. I'm pulling from Connor Sheridan at games radar. The Halo Infinite multiplayer could launch on November 15th to mark the series' 20th anniversary, if these rumors are to be believed. The latest product of the Halo Infinite rumor mill is so enticing, you'll probably want to believe it too, as Halo.API on Twitter claimed that Halo Infinite multiplayer will officially go live on November 15th, the 20th anniversary of Halo Combat Evolved. The account hasn't said what specifically has led them to this conclusion, though others have joined in on pushing it, it as a sure thing. This rumor should be taken with a barrel of salt uh, and left to cure for a while, especially as it's coming out of nowhere. But at the very least, it does seem fair to say that Microsoft and 343 Industries may have all the elements they need to make this happen. Halo Infinite's multiplayer tests were very well received, and 343 Industries said that the version of the game they were based on was months behind their current production version. Since the multiplayer portion of Halo Infinite is free to play, it wouldn't disrupt pre-order plans for the full game, instead serving as both a celebration of the anniversary and another way to build excitement for the campaign debut. The big counterpoint is the question of why Microsoft would bother moving up its timetable just a few weeks when the official release date of December 8th is already so close. As such, it still feels pretty unlikely, but you better believe we'll be keeping an eye on the Xbox 20th anniversary event stream to see if this particular dream comes true. Now, Janet, you and I can talk about this all day in terms of, is this true? Is this not true? Does it make sense to celebrate Halo's anniversary this way? Yada, yada, yada. But me and you are just the hosts of the, one of the, uh, the well-known PlayStation podcasts on the internet. And so I'm going to reach out to somebody by the name of Snowbike Mike, a.k.a. Snowbike Michael, a.k.a. Snowbike Michelangelo, a.k.a. Snowbike My Chemical Romance, as the host of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, ask, is there any credence to this, Mike? Do you believe that Halo Infinite multiplayer could drop for the 20th anniversary? Blessing and Janet, thanks so much for having me on today. I would approach this with a big barrel of salt, as this article has said. I'm going through the Reddit right now, and it does look... Like, this leaker does have some credibility. A lot of people are pointing to this person in particular, Halo API, dropping a lot of news about multiplayer maps before even IGN dropped their multiplayer maps information. Mm -hmm. So it does seem like they have a decent track record, and I'm putting that up in quotation marks. I personally don't see this rumor as to be true. Um, it just doesn't add up. Three weeks ahead of the initial launch, with multiplayer maps, I think you'd be giving away a lot of the awesome weapons, a lot of maybe the story beats that you could possibly see told through the story or through the multiplayer world. Mm. But there's a lot that goes into this, right? November 15th is the 20th anniversary of Halo. And it's something that we've talked about on the X-Cast as this is a missed opportunity with Halo being pushed back a full year, now being pushed to December. It's kind of a letdown on the Xbox side, right? This is a day that you wanted to celebrate Xbox and more specifically Halo which was really important. So when I look at this, there's a couple things that come to mind. Of course, I don't know where this rumor came from, nor does it seem like Halo API wants to point to any sources or really anything besides a tweet that just says, look out for Halo on November 15th. This is going down. But I will say this, friend of the show, Jez Corden from Windows Central has dropped a tweet a while back that says, you know, Xbox fans definitely want to watch 
this Xbox 20th anniversary stream on the 15th. And that's one of those where Jess could be alluding to a certain game being shown off. Maybe it is around a Halo, but I could see two things happening. One, a Halo flight, right? We could see Mm -hmm. another one coming out with maybe just one map, very simple, very clean, run it through the week. This is something I talked about with Gary and Paris. I think that would get a lot of Halo fans hyped and excited. And also, you know, we could do one more little mini test that gives us three full weeks to return to the drawing board to make sure we're good for, of course, launch. And then on the flip side, when you look at it, if this was to be true, you put a big dagger through Battlefield 2042's heart. We've talked about the big three a lot mm. on this show and on, of course, XCast, where you have Call of Duty that launched first, you now have Battlefield up next, and then Halo a month behind the two of them. Battlefield is on some shaky ground with what their pricing structure is, their game so far after their first initial beta. People are getting in with the pregame right now, but man, that would be just devastating to Battlefield if Halo was to do that five days before its initial launch on that 19th date. Do you think there's strategy there? Do you think that's something that Microsoft might want to do? You know, like as the as the competing first person multiplayer shooters uh, in the space, right? Like you you mentioned it. It is Call of Duty, Battlefield, and Halo this fall. Do you think Halo having a full multiplayer release or a flight test because i think i'm I'm right there with you that i think a flight test could make sense in, in terms of getting people hype and like being like that last big marketing push before the actual game launches in a few weeks do you think that's something that microsoft might want to do with all those factors combined you know microsoft since the reign of phil spencer has been really more on the we like to play nice with everybody right so i don't think it would look to put the dagger in the heart of them especially because microsoft is actually doing it right they are going to release a month after Call of Duty and Halo. So as you guys both know, Call of Duty has the normal cycle of everybody's very excited about the new game for about a week to two weeks and then quickly gets burnt out on the repetitive pub uh, public game nature. And then on the flip side, the same will go for Battlefield. It will have the one to two week hype cycle and then we'll move into Halo, which is really poised to do quite well, being the last out of the three to launch right before the holidays. It is free multiplayer on all of its ecosystem so that's a really big thing of having this free-to-play multiplayer so i don't think halo at all needs to launch before battlefield it might be a different story if it was a 60 dollar uh release 60 and 70 dollars but as of right now halo is sitting pretty at that december 8th launch date and does not need to jump but it would make massive waves and probably disturb a lot of sales for battlefield if this Mm -hmm. was to come out this week on monday Jan, what about you? What do you see happening on the Halo 20th anniversary? Do you think Microsoft drops anything for Halo Infinite? I think at the most you'd see is something like what was already mentioned, like a test flight or a beta of some sort. Like, I don't, I think releasing it before the release doesn't, like, that would kind of shock me. I don't think it makes, like, a lot of sense other than, like, you know, getting out the door for competition's sake. But then in that case, maybe you would have done that for the entire thing right um i think it'd be weird to also sort of piece sort of inadvertently piecemeal the launch of the game as well so yeah i think the most would be like some form of test flight beta thing like it it is odd to see too like a rumor where it's like nothing else this was just stated right but and obviously you know um you know mike thank you for bringing in the the context of this leaker and like their sort of track record so they have that going for them but this the way this is written where it's like nothing else was said it was just stated it's like (laughs) is this a rumor or is this like maybe a thought slash desire because i think sometimes like people inadvertently conflate like rumors with predictions or things that you might want to have happen or kind of guesses um and those are different things usually like rumors like and that's why rumors are usually like the differentiation is them being substantiated to some degree of you know even just saying like they heard this from a source like you don't need to name who is there or where you got it from but just an illusion you know helps go a little bit of the way but for this to just be kind of unceremoniously dropped it's like uh i don't know i'd find that kind of surprising um anything's possible but if i had to bet money i would say no mm-hmm. mike you mentioned earlier uh story stuff and how like releasing a full multiplayer suite for halo infinite before the actual campaign launches might allude to story stuff that you might want to bundle together in halo traditionally does halo uh campaign stuff feed into multiplayer heavily in terms of actual details of locations and story moments and stuff like how how does that stuff feed together you know when i look back on it i don't think there's huge make or break moments tied to the story and multiplayer maps specifically but i think for a halo you know 
junkie, the people, the big Halo fans, you will get your hands on the guns, the weapons really early. And that might be a little bit of a, man, I'm seeing all this before I was supposed to see it with Master Chief, which kind of rubs off the big surprise and the wow factor of a number of these things. But they are going to be telling a story through this multiplayer. We have seen that they're going to make their own story with the Lieutenant and the Spartans. They're going to tell a story with this. And I'm sure there's going to be little ties to Master Chief and what Halo Infinite's all about. Whether they be massive or not, there will be small little moments. And it's kind of one of these things of like, man, do I want the wow factor of being Master Chief and finding these special weapons that we haven't quite gotten our hands on or seen yet in multiplayer a full month ahead of release? And that's the one thing I worry about is, as much as I would love to play Halo multiplayer right now and jump into it, I don't want that wow factor to be gone, especially when we know that this chief story is so important right now with 343. Now, Mike, I want to keep you on for a second because our next news story is another Xbox news story that I know you probably have a lot to talk about. But before we get there, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Arcane, a Netflix original series from the creators of League of Legends. Arcane is a nine episode, three part series that follows the story of two young girls, Vi and Powder, born in the undercity beneath Pilt Over. Their eagerness to prove themselves will set in motion a series of events that will take the relationship to its breaking point and transform them forever. This is going to be the animation event of the year, and you can catch champions we know and love like never before, and their story will all intertwine in this action-packed series. Whether you're a longtime League player or brand new to Runeterra, Arcane is a great way to get to know the vast world and origins of iconic characters of League of Legends. Uh, dive into the stories behind one of the most played games of all time. Every once in a while, I think about that and it blows my mind. Uh, discover the secrets of Pelt Over and its Undercity and prepare for the epic battle that is only just beginning. Arcane is now streaming exclusively on Netflix. Next up, shout out to Credit Karma. Is it time for a big change? If you're thinking about home renovations or finally paying down those old credit card bills, Credit Karma can help find a loan that works for you. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized just for you. It's totally free and easy to sign up for a Credit Karma account with no effect on your credit score. In Credit Karma, you can check out multiple loan offers side by side with easy to compare estimated terms to make sure you get the best deal. And once you've got a loan, Credit Karma will help you track your progress as you pay off your debt and even let you know if you can refinance and save. If you're ready to apply, you should head over to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the right loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Next up, shout out to Shin Megami Tensei 5. It's the newest installment in the acclaimed JRPG series developed by Atlas. You play as a high school student who is suddenly transported from modern day Tokyo to a post-apocalyptic world. Granted a cursed power to save his life, the protagonist becomes a new being, neither human nor demon. Uh, Nahobino. So there you go. Explore the demon-infested wasteland of an enigmatic realm known as Da'at, filled with mythical deities and demonic tyrants in constant conflict for survival. Search for answers and forge your own path in a battle between light and dark. Your choices will dictate the fate of the world. Turn formidable foes into worthy allies by recruiting them, then fuse them to create demons customized to your playstyle. Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been fully rendered in 3D, a first for the mainline Shin Megami Tensei series. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei 5 is out now. Now you can check out the digital deluxe and standard editions on the Nintendo eShop or by clicking in the link in the description. And finally, shout out to Raycon. It's never too early to start holiday shopping, especially not when you can save big on a gift that they'll use every day, like the Raycon wireless earbuds. Uh, my brother's been using these. He's been training for his marathon and he's been jamming with the Raycons. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise isolating fit, you can start listening easily and keep listening for hours. The audio quality is just as good as a bunch of the other premium brands, but at half the price. Uh, their new everyday earbuds come with three new sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. Pure, more balanced mode, and 
base mode. And with eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, you can't lose. Go to buyraycon.com slash KFGD today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available only for a limited time and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash KFGD to unlock up to 20% off your Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash KFGD. And we're back. During the ad, I saw somebody in chat say, Shin Megami, you're the only 10 I see. And I really like that. I really like that. That was really good. Uh, let's continue on the Roper Report with story number three. One versus 100 is in the works at Microsoft. I'm pulling from Jeff Grubb at GamesBeat. Be cool, everybody, because one versus 100 may soon make a comeback. The company's Altspace VR team is working on the project with full support from the Xbox Games division. The original one versus 100 was a television game show that that aired on NBC beginning in 2006. But around the same time, Microsoft launched an interactive version for Xbox Live players. The game would pick players from the audience to fill in the role of one in the 100. These two sides would then fight against one another uh, during a trivia battle. Now Microsoft is aiming to bring that back. Altspace VR most recently made headlines for its mesh project that creates a micro-sized metaverse in Microsoft Teams. The plan is to take similar avatars from that product and use them to build a, a new version of One versus 100. The project comes from the same team that created the VR support for Microsoft Flight Simulator, and while Microsoft still has no plans to create its own Xbox VR headset or anything along those lines, it is still embracing Allspace VR's efforts. Xbox executives are excited about One vs. 100 and want to loop it back into Xbox Live. This is something that Xbox boss Phil Spencer teased back in 2020. Quote, maybe we should, be, we should even be building our own trivia game, like from our past, that allows people to play a trivia game more often. Maybe that could happen, Phil, uh, Spencer said during a FanFest event last October. Now, Mike, this is why I kept you here, because I've heard you and I believe the XCast crew bring up and talk about 1 versus 100 and ask for its comeback. What does this do for you? Does this make you excited? Super excited, Blessing and Janet and everybody out there. This is something on November 15th I would look forward to way more than the possible rumor of Halo because this seems way more likely, all right? But uh, truly and honestly, this is something special to Xbox fans all around the globe. If you were a part of that back in the 360 era, you remember a lot of these moments where Xbox really pushed Xbox Live and connectivity and being with your friends. You can think about times where you were in the Netflix theater watching movies with your friends and the avatars that you created and now one versus 100. And this is something that's really, really special. And, you know, Jan and Bless, I'll be honest with you, it's better, Nate, better late than never. I thought that one versus 100 would have been better last year or the year before when we were really in the thick of COVID, right? When we were stuck inside and we wanted to all be together and we needed these moments like the Tiger King that you think about where everybody was together talking about one single thing, right? And so this is something where, yeah, I wanted this last year, the year before when we really needed it. Now when we look forward to it, right, uh, I think this will be great. I think this will be fun. There's a lot of questions of like, who will host it? How will they do this? We did see the avatars in use with Microsoft and what they're doing over there with Teams and that kind of metaverse style. But uh, this is something, Bless and Janet, if this becomes true in reality, this is something you want to circle, you want to tell all your friends and family about, and you want to get and be a part of it because it's awesome. Mike, can you describe how it works? Because the article here mentions that the players would take the role of the one in the 100. And this is always, I always knew that one versus 100 was like a trivia game. It was this fun, mm -hmm. it was this fun big trivia game that uh, dealt like that, that took place in real time as you're playing against other players. Is it one person versus 100 people? And how does that work? Correct. There's one person that is the actual person out on the stage. And then there's the audience against them, which is really, okay. really exciting. And the questions would get progressively more and more difficult people would be eliminated as they go. But that's something where it's really cool because you would tune in and try to be a part of the one or the 100 or the audience beyond that with certain time slots and everything. And this is yeah. something that's like really, really cool because it brings everybody together at like appointment viewing is what we call that, right? Appointment viewing. And that is something that's really special. So yeah, it's a mass game show that everybody tries to be a part of and you get certain areas that you can be of, whether it be the audience, the, the hundred or the one who is selected to have some fun. But 
it is a big trivia game, which is cool. If if you're the one, do you get like more lives? Is it is the uh, is the 100? Is that based on like voting? Like how what how do they balance it so that it's not like one person gets like dominated every single time by 100? You know, I don't know. I've never I never got to be the one. Let's okay. say that. So I you don't know what it looks Neo. like from the one. Yeah, and I don't think I if, don't remember what it really looked like from back then. But uh, it was something very special because they had Microsoft points and rewards up oh, for grabs cool. if you won, right? So, like, the further you'd go, you won and you got awesome stuff. So I would see them doing that again with something really, really cool. Jana, what does this do for you? Does this get you excited? Uh, yeah, a little bit, just because I, I like trivia stuff and I like things that are gamey but not quite games. Like, I think there's not as much done in that space in general so whenever stuff like that pops up i think it's pretty cool um yeah i'm also like thinking about like how the the logistics of the one versus 100 having uh not seen it like back in the day when it originally had had surfaced um maybe the one person's just really good <laughs> like that's how they know they just know to pick like the most expert person to, to face off against the 100 people but yeah i think stuff like this is, is really cool so um and it's nice to see it come back in the sense that, you know, listening to Xcast and and checking out like what the community feels about it and knowing that it was such a big deal and such a demanded thing that, yeah, bringing this back, I think it totally makes sense. Chat, let me know, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you have more context on how the, what, who the one is. Cause I'm, somebody in chat mentioned that like the one is just you, like you're the one and then you're facing like a hundred people. Let me know if that, if that's how it works or mm. if there's actual like more to it. Either way, I'm totally in for this. I love these weird kind of trivia games. I forget the name of the trivia game last year that we got, we, I, we all here got addicted to for like a good couple of weeks. Oh yeah, you were really into that. I yeah, I was really into it. And like, I, everybody dropped off from it at the same time. But like, the kind of funny audience got so into it that we would like just randomly matchmaking would end up running into each other, like running into other kind of funny best friends because we just filled that trivia pool. Trivia, trivia royales? Trivia crack? No. Tri HQ H no. Trivia? HQ Trivia was... Wasn't HQ Trivia the one that had a live host to it? I don't know. I'm just looking at the chat. <laughs> HQ Trivia was, like, the dude that would, like, host... Every, it was, like, at noon every single day. And he would host, like, a round of 10 questions, and the questions would get harder. And, um, like, the last remaining people would split, like, a pool of, like, 100 bucks. I loved HQ Trivia. Trivia Royale is what I'm thinking of. Um, and, yeah, that was such a fun time. And I love the idea. I think this would make sense more of an more as an HQ trivia type thing where you get a host. Maybe it's a guest host every week. Maybe it's a different host every week or, like, a rotation or something. Or maybe you find somebody and you hire them as a weekly host for uh, Microsoft One versus 100. You know, like, get – get a. Uh, uh, Mike, who are some good, like, host people? Get, get – I mean, get Mike over there. Paris Lilly, Khalif Adams, I'd like to see. My good friend Malik Prince, I'd like to see up there. Of course, you get Major Nelson himself. You Major get Nelson, him up there with one, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, would be a lot of fun. But yeah, after that, then I then I dip into the barrel. You know what I mean, Jan? And I started looking at the Ryan Seacrests, okay? I'm looking at the Regis filming. Yeah, I don't McCrack, know. McCrack, I'm please. going crazy, baby. So yeah, something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I'm all about that. I love I love this too as a because they mentioned here in um in Jeff's article. He mentions that Microsoft talked about, or Phil Spencer talked about um, a while ago, wanting to build a trivia game, and like the idea of what does, how do you feed that back into Xbox Live? And I think there's so much potential there in building Xbox Live as something a bit more, I think, like a bit pers personal, right? A bit like more connected, a bit like more interactive in terms of treating it like a social media service as opposed to this thing where you're purely just going on going logging into your xbox just to play online this is something that I've, I've wanted from playstation before right playstation had playstation home on the ps3 and you know that was like that was a shot and a miss but i do think there's a lot of good ideas there in terms of creating additional ways to interact with the platform and give me more reasons to log on what if i can log into my playstation home and get more awards and unlock cool cosmetics that i can put in my playstation home home i think there's a lot of fun ideas there but i think that has to start with a nugget of something that is a bit more interesting and engaging and i think doing it in a trivia way gives people that oh man it's wednesday at noon it's time for 1v100 let's all sit down and do this thing together mm -hmm. and i think that's really fun right and the higher you get the more cosmetics you can earn for your avatar or the more like achievement points or whatever thing whatever thing that they're giving out for it you earn i think there's something really cool there and i think that could be really fun and so i'm all about that and there's also we've been asking i think for a similar thing on ps love you janet for um was it buzz was it the buzz quiz games for playstation <sighs> probably I forget the exact break. I think people in chat are saying are talking about uh, Buzz Royale. 
Or no, I see. I'm looking back. No, I think it was Buzz. Buzz is what I'm thinking of for PlayStation. Or and also like, on the on the PlayStation side of things, the um, what was that show I had texted you about? That old was it was it called the Tester on yeah, PlayStation. The, the I think it was the Tester. Was it? Called, yeah, like okay, so the show itself was like a mixed bag, right? Like I don't think that that could air in the same way and be like taken the same way um having seen like one of the episodes on youtube but the questions themselves were super fun like i i really enjoyed like playing along with that just like watching it you know so many years after the fact so something like that would be really cool i think yeah yeah that, that, that's what i want i know that stuff was i think weird in, in without the house like don't put the like don't put like the weird fighting to get a job as a qa tester okay anyway but yeah weird premise and like a lot of the stuff was i think a bit weird during the ps3 era in terms of that type of stuff but i kind of miss it though like i think it did add a lot of personality to the platform and a lot of character and so like yeah i love the idea of 1v100 and i want them to bring back like a, a buzz type thing for playstation as well let's talk about story number four uh assassin's creed's lead writer has returned to ubisoft uh this is andy robinson at video games chronicle Darby McDevitt, the Assassin's Creed series' most prominent writer who left Ubisoft earlier this year, has rejoined the company, VGC can reveal. During more than a decade at Ubisoft Montreal, McDevitt created stories and dialogue for Assassin's Creed games, Revelations, uh, Black Flag, Unity, Origins, and Valhalla. McDevitt left Ubisoft in March, stating that he wanted to take on a, quote, new adventure. However, after seven months working at nearby Montreal developer Elogica, Ubisoft confirmed to VGC that he's now, returned, uh, he's now returned to work on the Assassin's Creed series. Darby McDevitt told VGC in a statement, quote, Yes, I have returned to Ubisoft. As I pondered my career over the past year, I focused on my desire to explore new ideas and unknown frontiers. Much to my delight, this is reflected in my return to Ubisoft to work on Assassin's Creed. I'm excited to, to continue my journey. Stay tuned, end quote. The writer's return means that Assassin's Creed has now regained one of its two most experienced lore masters. Janet Garcia, what does this one do for you? Um, I mean, I think it's interesting in the sense that, like, the fact that for someone to leave a company and then come back, I think, is a testament to their initial, like, draw to said company. Like, I think the Assassin's Creed writer leaving and then returning to Ubisoft, like, obviously, they went out there looking for something else and you know came back like those journeys led them back to where they were before um which you know i think it's so complicated because there's so much like heavy stuff around ubisoft and how they treat their employees so i definitely don't want to imply that like wow it must be just great to work at ubisoft but i think obviously there's a desire to for this person to do something with this franchise like i think like i would guess based on this language of like you know I was thinking about my career and I was looking for new stuff and it brought me back here. I think this person went out and kind of explored and came back with like ideas to implement into the series and like a newfound like love for this thing. Um, maybe too, they just wanted a break and some time and some distance. So I think generally like this is a good thing. Um, but other than that, I don't have like too many attachments to like the Assassin's Creed franchise specifically. Uh, what about you? What do you what's your read on this? Yeah, I don't think there's a, a super too much to read into here. I think this is a very regular, hey, like I, I want to do something else. Like I'm feeling a bit burnt out. And I, then he goes somewhere else and then realizes months later that uh, actually I want to go back. Or maybe Ubisoft pay, like ups the uh, the amount that they want to pay him to come back or something along those lines. I think That's true too. <laughs> I, I, I think there's probably something there, especially when he is, when you are a lead writer and somebody that is uh that historically has been core to the franchise is somebody who has somebody who knows the franchise and knows how to operate on that team for ubisoft and, and especially coming off of a previous ubisoft story they that we talked about on the show about how they are raising the pay for a lot of their employees most specifically the higher paid employees right they're increasing but like i forget the exact percentage but a sizable number of, like uh, people who are getting paid 100k a year i think are getting like a raise by like 20k something along those lines i think that is key to Ubisoft wanting to make sure they're able to keep um, some of their um, uh, higher level employees. And I think that goes hand in hand with them wanting to regain some of their uh, uh, higher level employees as well that have left the company due to either them being tired of controversy or them seeing more uh, uh, promise going somewhere else. I think it makes a lot of sense for Ubisoft to go 
hey, uh, Darby was an asset and like he was valuable. And now that he's gone, we are having trouble filling the space. Give him more money and get him back over here so he can work on Assassin's Creed. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was um, the case. But good for Darby and also good for uh, Assassin's Creed fans, right? It's nice to have somebody who's a, who has worked on the series and worked on games that people really like, right? Like people really like Black, Black Flag. People really like uh, Valhalla. Uh, it's good to see. Uh, him coming back as a as a writer for folks who uh, adored and appreciated those games, and so I think that makes sense. This new story goes hand in hand with our next new story, story number five, which is our last story for the Roper Report. Far Cry's boss has left Ubisoft. This is Andy Robinson again at Video Games Chronicle. The most senior creative behind uh, Ubisoft's Far Cry franchise has left the company. VGC can reveal. Dan Hay served as Far Cry's executive producer for a period of more than 10 years at Ubisoft Montreal, where he was credited for overseeing the series during its most prosperous period. Hay joined Ubisoft to produce Far Cry 3, which remains the series' highest rated game to date, and kept his role for virtually every installment since, including Blood Dragon, Far Cry 4, Primal, Far Cry 5, and New Dawn. The company veteran was most hands-on with Far Cry 5, on which he acted as creative director. Quote, after more than 10 years at Ubisoft, Dan Hay has announced that he will be pursuing a new chapter in his professional life and he will be leaving on November 12th, Ubisoft told VGC. And again, this is another one that there, I mean, there's of course been a lot of controversy uh, uh, and like workplace stuff going down at Ubisoft over the last forever. Um, but a lot of this stuff has come to light over the last year, right? Uh, and both these stories seem fairly disconnected from that for the most part. This seems like a very natural, like, hey, this guy's coming back. Hey, this guy's peacing out after working on all these games. Jan, is there for you anything that you take away from this new story? Um, no, I mean, I think it's funny that they are side by side it very much paints this like rotating door kind of picture but you know a lot of companies are like that so i don't think again these inherently are speaking to um the the changes that people are trying to implement at ubisoft like the work that the organization of better ubisoft which is made of current and past employees demanding change at ubisoft is doing i think that this is this is likely pretty divorced from those things um i think these are just typical career changes um yeah it'll be interesting to see where um you know, he ends up going after the fact because it's very vague. It's like the pursuing a new chapter in your life. Is this going to be a new chapter like you're somewhere new or is a new chapter like you're changing what you're doing in the field? Um, it's not really clear what's next to come. Maybe they don't know yet. Maybe they can't say yet. Um, but yeah, you know, people when you're when you're high up, you can sort of have that freedom to make those kind of career moves at will. A lot of times, you know, you have a lot more job security. You're known in the industry. There are you know, different ways for you to like land at different spots and you can leave and you can come back and you can do it again. You know, you can have that freedom of that mobility. Um, and I think these are just examples of two people doing that, you know, in one case they're returning and another case they're leaving. And then they speak more to those people's personal career choices than like the larger um, temperature that's going on at Ubisoft right now. Yeah. I, one thing I want to, I want to point out, right. Is that this is Far Cry's most senior creative creative. Right. And I think, Dan Hay leaving probably leaves room for Far Cry to shift or move. I know like Far Cry 6 uh, has had a lot of conversation. I feel like Ubisoft games in general have a lot of conversation around this, but it's propped up again with Ubisoft, with um, Far Cry 6. The idea of, oh man, they just make the same game over and over again. And it's a good game, but like for a big portion of the audience, folks come to it and they're like, yeah, this is awesome. I love this. I, it's Far Cry. I want Far Cry. And then I think there's another portion of the audience that's like, yeah, but like I've been playing this since Far Cry 3. Jana, I know that you just finished Far Cry 6. Yes, Where I do did. you want Far Cry to go now that you've beaten the game? I want to be shorter, which I know people are going to be mad at, and I do not care <laughs> because I think, it's way, I think it's way too bloated. I mean, it just generally is. If you have only, what is it, $70, right? $60? I don't know how much the game costs offhand. If you mm -hmm. have only enough money to buy one game for the entirety of one year, then yeah, sure, get Far Cry because it is actually a good game. I think there is a good game in there and there's a lot to do in it. There's, you know, treasure hunts, there's um, racing with your car, there's racing with boats, there's fishing, there's like all this multiplayer stuff. There's so much that I feel like, um, oh my God, was it, is it Matilda or whatever where you eat the cake, the giant chocolate cake? you're like the kid has to eat like all the cake i forgot what movie that yeah, was that's right. you but, nailed it, Matilda. oh yeah, i thought you were okay. talking about far cry 6 thing. i was yeah. like wait they got matilda in far cry <laughs> <laughs> no i mean they have a lot of like dlc stuff but yeah when you're eating the chocolate and granted he does finish it and that's how i felt when i spoilers for matilda when i finished the game i was like mm. i did it but what i really hated about my last 
20 hours or something, my 40 hours or something with Far Cry is I felt like I've done what was to be done and it still just kept going and it really really overstayed its welcome for me and i know people will say well it's meant for people who play one to two hours once a week for eight months i feel like honestly if i only had that amount of time i'd rather play on to be frank better games and it's not that i think far cry is a bad game by any means again it is a good title i had a lot of fun but then i had my fun i had my fill and it just kept going and i felt like it didn't have more to say I think another thing is something early on with that game, I was um, lightly impressed by the way I thought they diversified their missions, despite having the same inherent gameplay, right? You're going in, you're scoping it out a little, you're shooting, you're doing your thing, you're doing it again. That is the game, essentially. But I thought they found like fun diversity in the structure of the layouts, in the like mission angles, in what you were trying to accomplish, in the kind of enemies you encountered. But if you're doing that for 40 hours, eventually it's going to get repetitive because there's just not you don't have enough of a diverse set of gameplay mechanics to carry yourself for that long. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, so that's that's kind of what I want to see next. Um, obviously, there's like maybe some light changes I want to see in terms of, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the the armor strategy structure of like have a certain kind of round to deal with a certain kind of enemy. Like I personally didn't really like that. I didn't find myself using it very much. I found it a lot to keep track of. Um, so I have little things like that that I'd like to see. And obviously we can try to guess, oh, what, what location or what era would you want to see them take next? But um, generally, that's that's something I, I want a more parsed down, curated thing. And I think there is an in-between. You know, I, I jokingly said that just cut it in half, but I don't think you need to go that far. But I think it needs to be a more parsed down, curated experience so that I feel more compelled to go and do that side stuff. And again, this is just my opinion, my perspective on, I play a lot of games. This is, you can argue, oh, it's cause you play too many, you know, like it's not for you. It's for like the, the, the common gamer. Like, okay, sure. Like if that's your take, that's going to be your take. But, um, you know, blessing ass what I, what I wanted from Far Cry. And that's, that's frankly what I want. I don't think it's good enough to warrant the amount of time that it demands of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that of course is going to change from person to person. Right. And I think for me, I've reached the point where I'm, I've, I think I'm done asking for more more from far cry i think far cry being what it is at this point i'm like cool i'm fine with it i don't have to i don't have to like be super into it right like i think that serves this audience fine and in terms of in terms of like the size uh i'm right there with you and with big open world games in general that are doing the same thing over and over again right like I, i i definitely understand where you're coming from in terms of that because that can get tiring and even as i'm playing through gta San Andreas, one of the things that I noted uh, early on in the game was that, man, they have such a good variety of types of missions. Like, you're doing something different every single mission. And they, like, GTA does the thing where they kind of, they use missions often to tutorialize new mechanics that they're introducing or new types of missions that they're introducing or new systems or whatever that they're introducing through the game. Uh, whereas I could, I could easily see, like, a Far Cry getting in 30 hours being like, cool, am I going to do another stealth thing here? Yeah, I'm going to do another stealth thing here. All right, I'm going to, like, take out this guy. Cool, I've been doing this for the last 30 hours. I definitely, I definitely feel that where that's coming from. I think, for me, if, I think there's also the, the mixed thing of gamers or, like, audiences that, that just have different amounts of time available to them. Because I'm sure for plenty of people, they're like, hey, Far Cry 6 is, like, one of the f- five games that I bought this year. So I have two solid months that I'm going to spend with this thing, and I have the time to dig into this thing. Whereas somebody who plays... A, like plays a, a new game every two weeks or every three 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 weeks or however long might have less of the patience or less of the bandwidth and so like again it's going to change from person to person but i definitely feel where you're coming from um but uh janet i will say that i'm very excited to see where far cry 7 goes but far cry 7 is just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Shin Megami Tensei 5, a.k.a. Shin Megami, You're the Only 10, I See 5 for Switch, Punk Wars for PC, and then Game & Watch The Legend of Zelda for handheld, which is... Wait, is that the the Game & Watch Zelda thing handheld? Is that what that what that, that yep. is? That's a weird way to 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 do it. It said on handheld. Uh, oh, well, that's really like cool. The, the game is the machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the game is the machine. An awkward that thing. That makes sense. How did I? Where did they announce this? Oh, that was a while ago. It was during. This is for the um, anniversary, isn't it? 
Yeah, it was during. Well, I guess, but I forgot really about much, this. They didn't really do much for the Zelda anniversary. Like, it, I was kind of shocked at how little they did. I forgot when they announced this. It might have been. I'm guessing a direct. I'm sure someone in chat remembers when it was announced. But yeah, I remember seeing this and being like, "This is. I'm not gonna buy this one. I got the Mario one. I'm like, I'm gonna leave this one alone because I never use my Mario one. That's pretty cool. I might. I might see if I might if I can uh, check that out if I can get my hands on one because. I'm down to play some Legend of Zelda. Uh, we got an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Remember that we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest GeForce RTX additions to your favorite games. From ray tracing to NVIDIA DLSS to NVIDIA Reflex, NVIDIA DLSS is now accelerating performance with uncompromised image quality in over 120 games and apps, with even more being added every month, including Battlefield 2042. Uh, with, with the early access launch, the new multiplayer first-person shooter supports NVIDIA DLSS, ray traced ambient occlusion, and NVIDIA Reflex. DLSS delivers a two times performance gain at 4K and system latency uh, is reduced by up to 28% with NVIDIA Reflex. We got two new dates for you. Terra Invicta has been delayed to 2022. And then Genshin Impact version 2.3 is coming November 24th. Janet, folks can go over to Patreon, not Patreon. They can go over to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in, let us, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. Nanobiologist writes in and says, the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, is a con continuation of the original show, not a reboot, which is interesting. I, I feel like that still counts as a reboot though because like it's bringing it back from the dead after a while. Does a no, reboot have to start a reboot is like a... It has to, to me, start as a new, like, story. Like, it's a new, it's a new storyline or concept is what I, I think. I think in the past that worked as uh, you could use it that way. But I think now the connotation has changed. We need, yeah. Like, we either got to find a new word for it or just say that reboot is the word. Because, like, there's well, not a word for it. This is a continuation. It. Yeah, this is, like, you know, it's, it's a big thing that's happening with movies, too, where it's, like, oh, yeah, remember that movie 30 years ago? We're making a sequel. Yeah, like Blade Runner, the latest Blade Runner. Yes. Is that a that's would you call that a reboot? That's, I guess that no, is that, a that's just a sequel. That's, that's just, just a sequel. sequel. Mm -hmm. I guess. Revival is the word that some infinite corpse just said, and I don't hate it. I don't Revival's hate it. Revival's fine. I guess. Yeah, I guess that works. That works. Like Hocus then, Pocus like, too. Well, here's the thing. Excellent. God of War 2018, that's that comes after the previous God of War games. Yeah, it's, it's a, a revival. Reboot, yeah. It's a it's a reboot because it's God of War. There are two God of Wars. If I'm but buying like, a copy a, of God a of War, you can get me two different games. Then why do they have the same title? It, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a revival, though. Sister Act Three, yeah, excellent, yeah. Right? Because it's like the story reboot. continues. The the gameplay. Errol says, uh, Errol like Meryl says, it's a it's a soft reboot. It, I feel like that's a really com. I've, I feel like that's a really complicated one where it's like story wise, canonically, it is just a continuation of the story, just, yeah. but. We know that they have totally remade the like a lot of aspects of like the game. Every, I think yeah. that's yeah. It's, with video games, like you can redo the entire game and have the story uh -huh. still be a continuation, and it turns into like a different thing. Mm -hmm. Somebody in chat said reboot cool, which I kind of like. I yeah, but that. I mean, that's like Blade, Blade Runner. But you could say the same thing about Blade Runner twenty forty nine in the sense that, like, you know, that's true. That's true. It's a different director that's like has a totally different vision yeah. that, that there vibes are two well games. with it. That are God of War. That is the number one reason I say it's a reboot. There's God of War, just... and then there's God of War. I don't, I don't we know. We have the 2018 hmm. so that we don't mess up the SEO on the stuff, and we can know how to distinguish the two. And then I also think, but like, I think, I think the fact that you could just call that God of War five, but you didn't. But, but you could. And, and why didn't you? But why didn't they? Because uh, it's been long enough. Yeah, long enough that, mm -hmm. that they could own that again. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, they chose to. That's their angle was reboot, and I think too. Did, I don't know if they use that language though when they marketed it. I don't think that's it. right. I don't think that's right. I don't think that counts as a reboot. I think it's a reboot. I feel like it's been a reboot until today. Now we're like, oh, is it a? Re it's a reboot. No, a reboot. I, I would never have described it as a reboot yesterday. To be fair, I really? yesterday oh, I would have said I totally reboot did. because it's like totally. I get what you're saying. It's not about the narrative. It's about like the the core mechanics of that franchise but have been completely like. But then, Blade, but then the latest Blade Runner has to be a reboot as well. Well, games also, and like, movies are different things. Games and movies well, no, 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 are different okay, Blade Runner, but like Metal Gear. All the ones trying to bring in Proud Family versus God of War. Like, That's a good one. That's a good IPs. one. Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah, I was going to say Metal Gear Solid Five versus Metal Gear Solid 1. Like but like Metal Gear Solid mechanics. 5 is definitively not a reboot, but the mechanics Metal Gear Solid 5 is different. called 5. It's not. Hey, look, I didn't well, name God of War. They could have done the same thing for God of War. But they didn't. But they didn't. 
It's the same reason that I like argue, which this one people don't well, agree with. Just I know people the, like, oh, yeah, the, the, the difference is yes. like, Put a God of in War, chat, ha, like that name has so much weight to it. That name has so much weight to it. So much that it weight be... that they rebooted it. I think the reboot has to go beyond the title. Yeah. I think the actual content has to has come to be, play. Yeah, yeah. I think like, the content is also so vastly different. If you like God of well, War 2018, you might not like God of War. Okay, oh, so like, God of War. Absolutely. Same with Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear. That's, yeah, that's why Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid Metal Gear, is completely different. One has a five and one doesn't have a five. But then like, you're like, continuing the title. It. Yeah, it is. It's literally they added it. It's like when people say, oh, well, Final Fantasy uh, Resident Evil 2, which well, this uh, one no one agrees with me with, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Resident Evil 2, it's so different. It's like a new game. OK, well, then why couldn't they call it Resident Evil 8? Well, I mean, it's because it's not because it, yeah, it's not a new game. It is the same game remade and they did a great job and it's one of the best games ever. Well, that's a remake. It is that's the same. Remake. It is the same thing. That's a remake. Uh, Tim, what's up? How are you doing? What's up? I'm good. How are you? Just so you know, you're live right now on Kind of Funny Games Daily. We're having a big debate about the word reboot and what it means. And you're, the, Wars <laughs> you're the marketing master. You're you're the best person who I know at uh, at marketing. Now, how would you define a reboot? Does a reboot have to start a story from scratch? The reason why this comes up is because we're talking about Proud Family and the new Proud Family show. And we were calling it a reboot before, but somebody in kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong wrote in to let us know that it's a continuation. Then we started talking about God of War 2018 and whether or not that is a reboot. Where do you stand on this? That's where the term soft reboot comes into play. Where it is a continuation, but it doesn't necessarily continue all of the threads set up. But you kind of understand that it is going to continue some. Like Halloween 2018 is like a soft reboot of the franchise. It's a sequel to the first movie, but it's not a sequel to the rest of them. Where do you stand on Blade Runner, the latest one? The movie? Yeah. Blade Runner 2049. That's a sequel. Okay. Okay. I appreciate your input here. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. See you later. Bye, guys. I'm going to be honest. I hated his input. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think... I think he's just as confused as we are. I think he's just as lost as we are. There's a poll now here. Okay, let's see. I mean, the poll's going to sign with us 100%. Y'all, a revival. Mm. It's, it's definitely a revival. <laughs> so the poll is right now: is God of War twenty? Is God of War twenty? Uh, is God of War twenty eighteen a reboot, a sequel, or a revival? Right now, people are battling it out. These bars are going back and forth. Uh, a reboot right now has thirteen percent. A sequel has thirty six percent, and a, re- a revival is winning with about fifty percent. People are saying that God of War twenty eighteen is a revival. This Which, is recency bias. Y'all heard the phrase revival and said this is hot in the streets, he, so we're gonna attach it. We've been I've we've been talking he, about it as a reboot for years, like since it came out. I don't know anyone that you're this, wrong. this is literally how we've had this conversation. Now we're just deciding we're just gonna pivot to this one word. I guess that no no one, one no, no shades no of one, one person who said in chat. No one no one had like paid the right amount of attention to it. You know? Is Mike still in here? Can you bring it's Mike in here, good. Kevin? Can I bring Mike? You want me to just pull him in here? That seems really yes. forceful. I don't. Right. I don't care. I got. I got to okay. know his, his thoughts on this. Mike, what's up? You're live right now on Kind of Funny Games Daily. Hello, everyone. This is Snowbike Mike. I have joined the conversation of reboot versus revival. Okay, so you have been listening. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, here's the deal on my thoughts on this one. A reboot is a revival. I feel like those are the same words, just using the marketing mumbo jumbo. So revival, reboot, whatever you want to call it, that is what God of War 2018 is. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for your input, Snowbike. Janet, no, I want to know, Janet, do you agree with me? Janet, is that okay? Did I do well on yeah, that one? Janet's I think so that fine. is that is an acceptable response. Thank also, you, Janet. Um, for those oh, who are oh. watching this, this is literally the energy of our post shows. So if you like this, like, go sign up <laughs> so you can check out our post shows. Because like, this kind of chaos based on, like, one very trivial question that the community may or may not care about, this is the energy we bring to the table. <laughs> See everybody. Peace out. Uh, we have more your wrongs here. Nana writes in and says the world, according to Jeff Goldblum, got watched enough for a second season and is out today. This season covers. The- Why are you right? This what is this? I <laughs> this really, really didn't like. I really didn't like that show. I thought it was, it was not informative in, in any way for anyone that like mildly un- understood the topic. Nano's treating your wrong like it's his own like IGN. He's like, it's I'm really just gonna write a new story in here. You gotta <laughs> correct us on your wrongs. <laughs> Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Bader SN says, Mike said that Microsoft was using Xbox avatars for Microsoft Teams, but they are a new avatar specifically for Teams. 
Thank you for that. Uh, Nana writes in and says, this is how one versus 100 is played out. One player is the one. 100 players are the mob, and everyone else is in the crowd. Selection is based on scores. A question is posed, and both the one and the mob must select an answer from three choices. If the one gets the question wrong, the game is over, and the prize money is split among up amongst the mob. If the one gets the answer right, members of the mob who got the question wrong are eliminated. The, uh, the payout goes up for every 10th member of the mob eliminated. The one can opt to quit their winnings at various intervals or press their luck and continue on. The top three members of the crowd win an Xbox Live arcade game. Oh, shit. The crowd represents one of three helps available to the one, which can be used at any time to lock their answer. If the one fails to answer the first three questions, the help helps are automatically used. The helps are... Con- I don't have to read the rest of them. You this get is giving, yeah, like, board game it, energy it, yeah. when, like, I sit down with someone and they're like, no, it's not that complicated. Just listen. I hate and that. I, like, I hate feel my it's brain like, you know, oh, yeah. zone out. I'm like, it's like when they're like, oh, just read me this. Play one game, you'll understand. It's like, no, I'm that, that's so much better. Or when they do the examples, that's cool. But when like someone just busts out, the, there's, I'm just going to read you what's in this book. Like, I can read. That's not my problem. I don't understand what this game is. Janet, like, there's only been like a handful, maybe t- three uh, Game Over Greggy, which is the KF podcast predecessor episodes where we were like, let's not, let's not put that up. That's not good content. <laughs> or we stopped midway. This I think this is the only thing where we stopped midway through and we were like, we're not posting this. Let's just stop. This is a wash. And it was we were doing like the Batman, uh, tri- like some some sort of board game, and it was horrible. Mm. horrible. I love that. I love that was before we would do stuff live on Patreon. I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. doing that on Patreon and getting halfway and going, ah oh, shit, we've committed to this. Now we gotta finish. At it. least multiple <laughs> people knew. I've had I've only had like one piece of content. Like I did a podcast with my brother for a few uh, episodes, and we recorded one episode. And after we were done, we're like, we both agree that was a terrible episode, right? We're like, yeah, it's shit. Just don't even just throw it in the garbage. And now we just upload it all. Now we don't even we don't pay no mind. We're like, well, it's recorded. We got ads. So uh, you know what? Like it, it's funny. Like I I feel like. If it got to the point where it was that bad, we would be like, all right, guys, we need to not post it. Yeah. It, we just haven't I'm sure had we talk about it. It's really level, rare to have that content level. that yeah. bad. But it, when it happens, it's like everyone can feel it in the room. You know, it's like this is yeah. just not good. Two, it's not good content. Two out of those three times were we had a guest where it just mm, it didn't work out. I feel that. It didn't work uh, out. That happens. That happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one more thing here, Nanobology writes in, writes, uh, writes in in all caps and says, bro, you talked about the world according to Jeff Goldblum at the start of KHD. You were wrong about it at the start of the show, uh, to which I say, I don't recall. Uh, also, he wasn't wrong. It's a bad show that nobody cares about. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Him. That's we what I said. Him. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I wasn't wrong about that. We actually I've been we right absolutely all day nailed him. Kevin, you've been killing it today. Uh-huh. Uh, shout out to you. Revival shout out to you, best. Janet. Shout out to Snowbike Micicle. Uh, tomorrow's so or not tomorrow. Today's Friday. Next week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Monday, it is me and Tim. And that is going up at a that is going live at a special time. I believe we're recording that at 11 a.m. if I remember that correctly. Uh, on Tuesday, it is Tim and Gary. Wednesday, it is me and Tim. Thursday, it is Tam and Tim. And then on Friday, it is me and Janet back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike playing some GTA and another game that if I think hard enough, I'll be able to recall. Is it Skyrim? It's not Skyrim. He's playing something. Battlefield, maybe? One of those games. Uh, you can catch that stream later on uh, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny play, Plays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, Game Daily. <laughs>